on today's episode of the Real Foodology podcast. Just Google is your best friend. And, you know, if there's any interest, you know, ingredients that you see on the back of something that you don't know what it is, like Google and you'll instantly learn, like, is this, do you want this in your body or not? Hi, welcome back to another episode of the Real Foodology podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Swan. I am the creator behind Real Foodology, which started out as a food blog back in 2011 and has progressed into an Instagram and now obviously this podcast. Actually, interestingly enough, I am sitting in my new short-term rental in Austin, Texas, and this is where it all began, guys. Back in 2011, when I lived here in Austin, I started my blog, named it Real Foodology, and the rest is kind of history. I'm on a bit of a soul journey right now, which I haven't even really talked about at all on the podcast, actually. If you follow me on Instagram, you are aware to a certain extent of what's going on in my life right now. I left LA uh, the very end of May just with the intent to go on a little bit of a solo trip. I just felt like I really wanted to get out of LA for a second. I wanted to travel and I really wanted to do it alone. So I started out on a little road trip. I drove through the Grand Canyon, Lake Powell, and then I ended up at my house in Telluride, Colorado for the last couple of weeks. And I actually had some girlfriends meet me there, got to hang out with them for a week. And right before I was supposed to leave to go back to LA, I just I just couldn't do it. I, there's something intuitively going on with me right now and in my gut, and I just feel um, really called to not be in LA. And I was really struggling back and forth whether I was going to go to Austin or back to Boulder. And both of those places have a really special place in my heart. I was born in San Antonio, Texas. And then I went to school in Boulder, Colorado. And I have spent half my childhood living in Telluride, Colorado. So between Texas and Colorado, I really feel like my heart is pretty split between the two. And yeah, it's been an interesting journey because I I never thought that I would leave LA. I've been in LA for five years and it's really um, done a lot for me. And I love my life in LA. I love my friends. I love the community that I've built there. I really love my apartment there too. But I just was feeling like I couldn't go back right now. And I don't really know how else to explain it other than I just feel intuitively pulled to um, explore other places right now. So that's kind of where I'm at at the moment. And I'm currently sitting in my new place in Austin. I'm going to be here for the next couple of weeks. And then I'm going to reassess. And who knows, maybe I'll move to Austin. Maybe I'll go back to Colorado. Maybe I'll just stay in Austin for a couple months and then head back to LA. Only time will tell, but I'll keep you guys updated. All right, now that I've updated you guys a little bit on what is going on in my life, let's get into this episode. This is a fun one today. I speak with Beryl Jacobson, who is the co-founder and chief strategic officer at Flying Embers. If you are unaware of what Flying Embers is, first of all, I'm going to say, are you living under a rock? And then I'm going to insist that you run to Whole Foods or your local liquor store and pick some up immediately. I discovered them last year, kind of like in the very beginning of the panty. And I'm so glad I did because we have had a great time together this last year, um, for better, for worse. But they are truly my favorite alcohol drink that I have found. They are organic. They have live probiotics. They're keto-friendly, gluten-free, vegan, all this stuff. They have adaptogens in them. And they are sugar-free. They're carb-free. They are like the best hard seltzers and hard kombuchas that I've found, truly. Because you know, there's a lot of sugar-free hard seltzers on the market, but you're very hard-pressed to find ones that also have probiotics, adaptogens, and that are are organic, which is a huge uh, driving factor for me and what I love so much about this brand. But they really are, um, they're doing it really differently than any other alcohol company that I have seen yet. And I just, I love it so much. So yeah, I got to sit down with Barrel and we talked all about Flying Embers, how they started, how they got into the business of better for you alcohol drinks, the story behind the name, which is a really cool story. We also really, we dive into why we should care about organic alcohol versus regular and what sets better for you alcohol apart from other alcohols. 
We also talk about kombucha and why it's good. We dive into the fermentation process and some of the history behind it, which was really interesting to hear. And, you know, we just talk a lot about this concept of a healthier for you alcohol. And this is what really sets flying embers apart. He also dives into some of the new fun innovations that are store in store for flying embers. I'm so excited to say that Flying Embers has given me a code to share with you, my podcast family. So now you can try it for yourself at home. Please message me on Instagram. Let me know how you love it. It is truly my favorite alcohol beverage out there. You just go to flyingembers.com and use code RealFoodology. They're going to give you 15% off and I hope you enjoy it. So with that, let's just get straight into the episode. What we're doing with Flying Embers is um, it, it fits right in really because there's definitely especially now there's there's more sober curious people than ever before it's actually cool to to not drink um but you know but here we are playing in the world of alcohol and um and and finding our own way to do it where it's still like our people it's still our way of looking at all these awesome ingredients and awesome plants and awesome fruits that uh, that we know are so powerful and you can create an entire diet out of and be yeah. purely based on a diet based on all of the ingredients that we use to, uh, to ferment with and to flavor with. Um, but we ferment them until they have alcohol in them. So it's a, so it's a little bit of, uh, you know, pushing, pushing some boundaries. Um, but I'm sure there's people out there to you know who would say you know all alcohol is is not good for you and um, and I say you know life in balance just everything in balance and and we can get you know we can make something great and you can have a great life and be as healthy as you want to be. Yeah. yeah. I love that. That was actually going to be one of my questions. So when I share on my Instagram uh, organic alcohol drinks, I always get a couple people that write me and they say, okay, well, why does this matter? Because organic or not, alcohol is not great for you. And I'm curious what you would say to someone like that if they were like, what is what would be the motivation for drinking an organic alcohol okay. drink? Well, motivation for drinking is... Um just to get a buzz. Well, <laughs> so, no, but I mean like I mean, versus yeah. just drinking no, I a regular you. No, like non No, I get you. But it's like a yeah. funny, right? It's a funny thing. Like, so what's yeah. your motivation for drinking? Um, you know, and for most, <laughs> it's like, you, yeah, no, I think, no, honestly though, like people drink alcohol for, uh, to take the edge off, to have a good time, to, to have a great social occasion, to, um, I mean, if it's wine, you know, right, with di- to, for great meal pairing and for digestion and um, to bring out greater flavors. So there's a lot of reasons people drink alcohol that um, beyond just the obvious of um, getting, you know, have, having a really good time. Yeah. Um, so, but I mean, the question, if you're just going to say you're already going to drink, why drink organic is the answer to that is the same thing of if you're already going to eat, why eat organic if yeah. you know, I, I just if you're going to put something in your body, to me, on a lifelong journey that I've personally been on, I just if you have the opportunity to put something into your body that's clean and you know where it came from, I mean, there's no there's no other way. If you're for for me personally, so why organic? I mean, you can go the opposite way. So the, you go the positive way and just say, well, you know where it came from. Uh, it's it's going to be closer to the essence of what that plant or that product is, um, but you can go the the sort of the dark side, which is well. Let me tell you about not organic food processing, yep, and not organic ingredients, and um, and then it gets really you know it gets really scary quickly because you end up with uh, lots of different chemicals and processes and. Um, different products that that go into beverages, food, um, couches. <laughs> I mean, your your clothing. Yeah. So you can get quickly. You, that same question would be just as interesting to say, like, well, why would you wear organic clothes? You know, I mean, it's on yeah. top of your body. So that direction goes into well, making of the product for the earth and that direction, or what are you putting on your body that could actually, you know, touches your skin. So when you're putting anything inside your body, it's even the most sensitive 
place. And so try not to keep put chemicals in your body. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, we're it's, a, it's pretty, mind, it's pretty, so. it's pretty, it's pretty, you know, straightforward. So for the listeners out there, you know, we are so fortunate to live when we live now where there's just so much information out there that just Google is your best friend. And, you know, if there's any interest, you know, ingredients that you see on the back of something that you don't know what it is, like Google and you'll instantly learn, like, is this, do you want this in your body or not? And yeah. in some, you're going to say, oh, my God, I definitely want that in my body. Okay, now let me get the highest quality. Let me get an organic source of that and learn how much of it you want. So. Yeah. Yeah, I always tell people, rule of thumb, when you go to the grocery store and you pick up a package and you read those ingredients, if you could technically buy all of those ingredients that were on the label and make this at home, then it's fair game to buy. But if there are things on there that you have no idea where you would even buy that this specific ingredient— yeah. Don't buy that packaged food because it's probably not great for you. Yeah, I think that's close. I mean, so, you know, I like the idea of, like, if you read the back of an ingredient panel, would it be, does it sound like a recipe? We Just so a, you know, everybody, we we're, in, we're in the arts district in L.A., and so if you hear any uh, <laughs> cool music or, or construction going on, that's the sounds of our environment. A lot of action down here. <laughs> um, <laughs> No, so I love the idea of like an ingredient panel being a recipe. I mean, yeah. romantically, that is awesome. Um, but there are some really cool ingredients that brands like us and many others are playing with and discovering and using that the regular person would not recognize, actually. And so I wouldn't want them to just say, hey, I don't want that because I don't recognize it, per se. Yeah. Like we used to say, like, if it sounds like a chemical or if it has you know, too many syllables, like you might, don't, don't, yeah, like don't. Yeah, you can't pronounce yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like with Flying Embers and with many other great, awesome companies out there, I mean, we're, we're look finding ingredients, different roots and herbs and botanicals from all over the world that are so powerful and delicious that um, you may never have heard of them. And yet, if you do Google them and you'll learn, yeah. you'll be like, oh my gosh, what a cool fruit or what a cool root. Um, so it's a little bit, not yeah. to disagree with you. Oh but, no, you know, I but fully, just, yeah. yeah, I agree with you on that. As long as you can do a Google search and see that it's actually real food, mm -hmm. all real food is on the table. Botanicals, plants, yeah. fruits, vegetables, you name it. So I love that. Okay, well, I want to back up a little all bit right, yeah. and I want to start with the basics. So can we talk about kombucha and the benefits of it? Sure. And again, we have to always be careful because we're an alcohol company. So yes. again, listeners, Google is your friend because um, <laughs> I can't really talk about health benefits so much, yeah. but I could tell you a little bit about the history of kombucha. And, awesome. um, and a lot of people actually have had the chance now to drink kombucha. Kombucha has become really popular, non-alcohol version of it. Um, you can find it in almost every corner of the United States now, um, even though it's Two, three thousand years old, maybe maybe older, originated in Asia, and um, I like to kind of give you the juxtaposition of it of it to beer because a lot of people know how to make beer that it's malt and hops, and it's this ferment right that mm -hmm. um, to make this this drink that people have been drinking forever. Um, so it's similar in the sense that uh, we. And many others who make kombucha it's, use organic cane sugar. And then instead of a hops, which is a plant, we use tea. So it's a it's a tea. Mm. It's a tea, um, like black tea. We use we use different heirloom black teas. You could use other kinds of tea, tea and sugar. And then um, most ferments take place, or all ferments take place with yeast. So yeast eat the sugars, and that's where alcohol comes from. Um, but kombucha naturally is a is a ferment that's combining the sugar, the tea, and yeast, and bacteria. So unique beneficial bacterias. Uh, they often you'll hear the word SCOBY. That's a kind of a weird, mother. a weird uh, or mother. Yeah, it's called that. And it's I like to explain it kind of because people understand sourdough breads, and people always know, know that people will take a part of the sourdough and then they'll save it and pass that on and they'll keep a sourdough going. Mm -hmm. It's similar that the mother, this scoby is this symbiotic colony of uh, bacteria and yeast. That's what it stands for. It's an, an acronym. Acronym? 
It's yes. an acronym. An acronym. So cut that an acronym and keep it to acronym. <laughs> so it's a SCOBY, and and um and that is passed on. You can and you can keep making new fresh batches. So if you take this really cool mother that a lot of people uh, sort of urban myth think it's a mushroom, but it's not a mushroom. It's oh. a mushroom is a fungus. Yeah. And, and this is actually this symbiotic colony of bacteria and yeast that lives together and eats up the sugars and continues to grow. And then it... And for those listening that have never seen it, it kind of looks like a jellyfish. Yeah. when it gets really big. Yeah, they can get really big, especially when you're making them at scale. Yeah. Um, and many people have made... You can, you can make them yourself. You could grow this scoby and make your own batch of tea with sugar and keep it in a jar and do it on your own kitchen top. And uh, it takes between, you know, two weeks to a month. And it continues to... Uh, create this really effervescent um, tart, like, yeah, it's a tart, effervescent um, beverage. And so, yeah, so people have been using it uh, as, as a beverage mostly for gut health yeah. and for digestion um, and also just for enjoyment too because it has this, this really unique flavor profile. Now, often you need to back sweeten it so if you were to make it at home or even at scale, um, you'll find that a lot of the non-alcohol kombuchas have a lot of sugar in them yeah. because they become so tart. The organic acids that, that they produce, uh, are just it's just so tart that you need to sort of sweeten it and put some fruit flavor in there or fruit juice and um, to make it you know, a delicious beverage. So how does Flying Embers make yours sugar-free? So we... Obviously, so again, so we start with organic cane sugar, uh-huh. but then we continue to ferment it and we use champagne yeast, mm. which is a very um, active yeast that can, can uh, eat up all the sugars. So we have been doing this for a long time. Um, my partner, Bill Moses, part of the backstory is that, we, that he started, he's a co-founder of a non-alk kombucha company called Kavita. I just read that the other day. Yes. I love Kavita. Yeah, so Kavita has yeah. been... Um, he, he started that with two others. Um, and so coming into Flying Embers, by the time that we started Flying Embers, there was already a long history of making kombucha and really crafting a unique SCOBY. So cre- crafting a unique uh, balance of the right bacterias and yeasts that would provide this what we like to say, an organoleptic, a taste of taste profile that had um, a really soft, balanced, almost sweet characteristic to it versus the intense vinegary tart characteristic. Yeah, yeah you guys nailed um, it. I really love. So that's taken those. years to do, <laughs> right? Job. It's not just we yeah. just you know got lucky. It took it took a lot of years and innovation. <laughs> and I mean, I got lucky in that. When I came in to uh, start Flying Embers with Bill and some, some of the other team, they had already been you know, seven, eight years down this road of experimenting and, and, and perfecting it through Kavita. Yeah. Um, but then to be able to get the alcohol levels higher, you have to continue the fermentation. You have to have a secondary fermentation and keep it going. Mm. And that's where the champagne yeast comes in to keep on pushing that ferment, pushing the alcohol levels higher, but pushing it far enough that it becomes like, you know, an extra brute, you know, champagne where there's, there's no more sugar left. Amazing. And so that's how we get there. So how, how do you ferment something like that with a bacteria and make it to where it's safe for people to consume? Because I'm sure a lot of people listening will be... Well, the uh, bacteria you know, are, are not... Of- are, the, the bacteria are, are safe to consume. I mean, okay. there's many... How do you keep um, it from molding, I guess? Is that just part of the fermentation process? It just doesn't do it? No, there's, yeah, there's no, no mold. I mean, think about pickling or all the fermented foods that we, or many, enjoy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I, it's, yeah, that's not even an issue. I mean, obviously, cleanliness of any brew facility is, is key or any, yeah, any food product at scale. So, I mean, a... 
dirty facility, you know, I, yes, some things can get, can go off. Um, yeah. but, but if you are practicing the highest level of, um, cleanliness in your entire process from all the way through, uh, you, you know, you're, you're good. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I just think it's so interesting because when you talk about back, not you, but when people talk about bacteria, there's a lot of fear around it and that we have to kill it and sanitize it off. And it, it's just so ironic that it turns out the bacteria yeah. is really good for our gut. It yeah. Our I mean, immune system. I mean, yeast as well, right? That's a scary yeah. word for many too. Yeah. Um, I mean, we even talk about like, do we even talk about, <coughs> excuse me, do we even talk about, you know, champagne yeast? Right, champagne's such a great word, yeah. but it's attached to yeast, and then Everyone's will like, that scare Ugh. people? Right, yeah. yeah. And so, um, again, any any ferment you've ever had, any wine you've ever had, any beer you've ever had has had yeast um, in it, and it's there's different kinds and and at different levels, and um, but by the time that we um, put it in a can, you know, all yeast is removed and. It's done its magic, basically. It's done what it's done what it's meant to do. So I'm curious as to how this kind of exploded. I feel like in the last couple of years, hard seltzers and hard booches have just been exploding on the market. What do you think kind of caused that? Do you have any ideas as to what? Yeah, a lot of ideas. Okay, um, let's hear them. <laughs> before I give you those ideas, can I just I just want to mention yeah. so um, I am not a microbiologist. I'm not a scientist, I'm, and I'm not the brewer. So, um, again, Google can be your friend here, and um, there's also just a lot of great information out there, and happy to also have you talk with some of the other folks on our team, too, yeah. at any time to go, if you really want to go deep into yeast or deep into bacteria, because um, it is super fascinating. Yeah, And when you get, you know, some of our team who are microbiologists or... Um, who we do have um, as part of the team and founding team um, and some of the brewers, you can really geek out pretty hard and, and get into all the many kinds of bacteria and yeast and what they do. And that's a whole other journey that's, yeah. that's worth taking. Okay. Yeah. I'd love to do that. Um, yeah. So how and why did this all take off? I mean, so, I mean, first of all, there's, we've been on a multi-decade journey into better for you foods and lifestyle. So this is not, you know, sort of a overnight type of situation, the way I look at it personally. Yeah. Like it's, it's one of those things, like I know we both have spent time in the music industry. And so, you know, when somebody who you know is a friend or you know their background all of a sudden becomes huge and they're like, best new artist. And you're like <laughs> 20 years in the making. Yep, exactly. Because you know how hard they worked and how they were on the road forever. Yeah. Um, and doing it. So it's kind of like that, you know, how did this, you know, everybody's drinking these better for you beverages like overnight. Well, you know, it started off with the small little health food stores, you know, in the seventies and then, yeah. you know, tofu and, 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 and all GTs came out the kombucha and, then, and that's 20 something years ago. So yeah. GTs came out with that 20 something years ago. Right. Wow. So it's, you know, more than two decades ago, kombucha has already been off of the kitchen counter and into a bottle, yeah. right? And then you have the evolution of stores like Whole Foods. And now you have, you know, Costco's and Walmart's selling organic, it's even that being the largest organic sellers in the, in the country, actually. So, um, so it's, yeah, it starts with, you know, just like uh, almost underground. And then it becomes something that becomes popular through a whole lifestyle that starts growing and an industry around it. Um, and then Kavita came, you know, on the heels of, of GTs. And um, Bill, who grew up in Ohio, he always tells the story of going, flying from California to Ohio to some, you know, family friends who had some, you know, grocery stores and introduce, introducing them to kombucha. And they're like, this is, I have no idea what this stuff is. I can't say the name of it. Um, but, you know, let's put it on the shelf and lo and behold, it starts selling. And again, you, it does, it is a little bit of blink your eyes, but a couple years go by and before you know it, it's, it's, it's in all over the country. And yeah. I think it goes in combination with the growing awareness just around body, right? Around what's going in our, what's going in our body, awareness around sugar 
and um, the effects of it, the mm -hmm. searching for new ways to live and to be healthy. And that's, um, that will lead you down your own journey of saying, well, what's my drink? If I'm not going to drink my soda, I still want something bubbly and delicious. And, oh, wow. And it has these other benefits. And so it's really a natural evolution. And what we found, and one of the reasons that uh, Bill got so excited to start Flying Embers after the journey of Kavita was, and why I was so excited to join him was that, you know, you watch um, in the grocery store, even a Whole Foods, and you watch the different aisles. So it starts on the far outside where you have fresh produce, where yeah. anybody who's been on the journey, that's like, that's the only place to be is on the outside, right? And then you start moving in and you start saying, wow, like, look at these great better for you beverages that have all these things. I mean, now you can get reishi mushrooms. I know you want to talk a little bit about adaptogens. Yep. And so like now you can start finding these mushrooms and adaptogens in these yummy chocolate drinks. Um, but then you go into the other parts of the aisles and you start finding um, them in chips. You know, you start finding in the chips aisle, all of a sudden <laughs> these like ingredients are like, I can't believe it. And seaweed starting to emerge as like an ingredient in other places. And, and so making cauliflower in chips now. Cauliflower <laughs> making in chips and breads and pizza. Yep. Right. So now you're, when your pizza starts getting that way, you know, you know that things are really um, evolving. Yeah. And so what we found was that the last place in the entire grocery store that had yet to make its way to have these incredible ingredients and this awareness and this intention around what is in it without saying we can't have it was the alcohol aisle. It was the last, like, it was like the last bastion, right? That, yeah. that was like, so that's where we dove in, like, head first, like, let's go. And, you know, over the last few years, it's exploded and it, and it really has a lot of others, including the biggest brands in the world are already jumping in and saying, um, this is someplace we want to play, which is yeah, great, wild. which is great. Like we look at it all as a positive. So, you know, as more and more brands are making a hard kombucha um, or adding these great ingredients into their existing, whether it's spirits or um, beers or seltzers, um, it helps the whole category grow and the whole awareness of it grow. And so it's all good. So what is the difference between a hard seltzer and a hard booch? Um, well, like I said, so in a kombucha, there's a combination of the bacterias and yeast. Mm -hmm. And in a, a hard seltzer is not... <laughs> wow, so loud. We're being so rudely interrupted by a tractor. There, <laughs> Um, uh, so the difference between a hard kombucha and a hard seltzer is uh, in the bacteria. So there's, there, it isn't that that SCOBY is not in there. It's, it's really just the, the seltzers. The way we make them is a, uh, a organic cane sugar ferment, uh, again, with champagne yeast. And the kombucha has the bacteria and tea. So there's no tea in, in the in seltzers. In the hard seltzers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because so it has so that clear... Yeah, exactly. Although... Um, we do use all super fruits and different types of um, botanicals to get the flavors. And our seltzers do have color to them. And they're a little bit more um, just dynamic in flavor. Okay, let's yeah. talk about that. Let's yeah. talk about all the different adaptogens, yeah. flavors, botanicals that you guys put in there. Yeah, so we're just super nerds when it comes to ingredients i mean we just are you know fruits super fruits roots adaptogens we love them all and um like no 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 root will go on un, untouched, <laughs> untouched. <laughs> yeah um yeah and no adaptogen either so like in r&d i mean we've experimented with fermenting everything and anything we can get our hands on every kind of fruit um root botanicals um and combinations of them. And those are inspired by, you know, old recipes that we look up throughout time and history and different continents and cultures. And then um, cocktails and inspired in culinary, looking into food and how chefs combine. Um, and then just our own intuitive love of a, of a fruit from traveling and living in Indonesia, like I did, or so all those unique fruits and 
wanting to see what would happen if we could bring them into a beverage and then others on the team saying, oh, that would be so great if you offset that with this unique bitter from here, let's try it. Um, in fact, you know, I always say that our innovation meetings, when you could try all the different things that are happening is, I mean, it's the best, yeah, <laughs> best meeting of the week for like, sure. <laughs> best meeting of the week for sure. So, you know, when we oh. launched our our D2C during COVID and we were able to have a direct relationship with the consumers because we weren't able to do our tap rooms, yeah. which was what our intention was open and then we couldn't. And we could talk a little bit in a, in a little while about the tap rooms and what you have here because it's pretty exciting. But we were able to then really focus on creating these flights of unique different combinations of, of, of flavors and botanicals that we could that we that we were exploring. And I, I said on our first release of the of the flights of direct to consumer, like this is like inviting you into an innovation meeting because <laughs> we're finally able to like share a lot more with you. Yeah, I love um, that. So, yeah, I mean, that's it. We, we come, the team is pretty diverse and it comes, we come from, at it from different angles. So from uh, microbiologists, nutritionists and scientists who really get into what are the plants and what are the attributes and what do they bring to you um, functionally and, um, and others coming from it from pure flavor and meat in the middle and try to find that, you know, the best including what do just people like to drink yeah. too, you know, like watermelon is really refreshing. It makes sense to be in a, in a seltzer, you know, that's, yeah. a, that's a lighter beverage, you know, for us, um, taking our kombucha, um, and combining pineapples, but with chili and making this like rich, almost cocktail like experience. Like it just, when they came together, it made sense. Like the, the more, uh, rich kombucha flavor profile with certain fruits and botanicals just makes sense to us. And then, yeah. you know, we, we get it to a place where we think it tastes great and hope that it tastes that way for everybody else. Well, I have to tell you, that's what first drew me into Flying Embers is I noticed you guys have very unique flavor profiles and I'd never seen any sort of hard drink like that that had these really fun flavors. I think it was the pineapple chili was the first one I got because I was like, what? I love anything that's spicy and like a little fruity. Um, love a good spicy margarita. So that was really what drew me in. And then I saw you guys use adaptogens and, you know, with my background in health and everything, I'm that was constantly it. looking. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm sold. I'll take the whole, I'll take yeah. it, uh, the whole shelf of them. Yeah, it's interesting uh, you, you brought up that the pineapple chili and the, uh, I thought that would be interesting to talk about for a little bit is that what we call sweet and heat. So, uh -huh. so in the seltzers, we have a, a, a whole uh, variety of sweet and heat flavors. Those are really good too. So like watermelon chili and, um, and then, but then we also have it in the kombucha and it started with the kombucha, it started with the pineapple chili that got us really into it. And here we are in basically East LA and um, that, that brought us into like micheladas and, and yeah. the love of just that combination of the sweet and heat. And we found that a lot of other people really like it too, you know, that combination of getting a little bit of heat. And it's always, an, you know, a great, you know, argument of how hot to make it, right? Because it's like supposed to be a refreshing beverage, you know, with how, how high to ca have that heat, you know, in an, old, in, yeah. a, in an ideal world we'd have where you could have unlimited beverages, we'd have like a heat meter, you know, where it'd be like just a touch of heat, you know, yeah. and then you'd be like for those others, you'd have that double X, you know, heat. Um, but yeah, from an innovation perspective, that's that's been that's been a fun one is to get into the sweet and heat realms. Yeah, it's really what sets flying embers apart. It's part of it, you know, and then yeah. also the adaptogens, the fact that it's organic. That's another thing that really drew me in because there's not very many hard seltzers or hard booches on the market that are organic. We've been talking so much about better for you alcohol that I wanted to take a second to talk about better for you vitamins. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while now, you hopefully know about Paragon Vitamins and my love for them. They've recently rebranded to Honed Vitamins, and that is H-O-N-E-D. The reason I love these vitamins so much, and I've been taking them for over a year now, is because they are bio-individualized, which means that they are tailored specifically to you and your body's needs based on a hair analysis. So you send in a little clip of your hair, 
They send you back the results, and then they give you a detailed report of exactly what's going on in your body and exactly what your body needs. So there's no more second-guessing. There's no more just going to the grocery store and buying a multivitamin or buying something off Amazon and hoping that it works for you. These are specifically tailored to what your body needs, which is why I love these vitamins so much. They have given me a code to share with you, my podcast family. The code is REALFOOD15 and go to LIVEHONED, that's L-I-V-E-H-O-N-E-D.com. Use the code and you will get 15% off the hair assessment. I want to know what's on the horizon for Flying Embers because it sounds like you guys have a lot of really cool ideas and innovations. Um, that is the most fun place is to live. And so <laughs> actually we're in our tap room right now. And, Which is beautiful, by the way. And I think that it's a really, it's kind of the living lab in a way and the, the most forward front uh, way to experience our innovation um, other than being actually in the lab with us and, and <laughs> at, you know, at work where we're really making things. But a lot of our ideas can, you know, happen and grow right out of the, right out of here. So, cool. um, yeah, if you, anybody comes and visit, this is, I always encourage people to get flights because they can explore and taste more. I'm going to want a flight after this episode. Yeah, yeah for sure. We'll <laughs> get you one. Some. We'll set you up. So um, what we found, one of the things that we do here that is inspired something that we're going to bring to market, uh, we call them booch tails here, but basically making cocktails with the, our different flavors of kombucha. So those go everything from like straight up, like let's nail a margarita, let's nail other types of um, a mojito, uh, with our kombucha as the base, uh-huh. but it also gets much more exploratory as well. So, so my friends and I make something that we call shambucha, which is uh-huh. basically like a mimosa, but right. it's champagne and, and kombucha instead of juice. Yeah. Well, so with ours, we sometimes make mimosas, but we just yes. use our kombucha with a little bit of juice. I love it. So um, <laughs> like for one, one uh, thing that was only very limited, we made a very limited amount that was available online, but you can get it here was this something one? that we did. No, I'm going to tell you about something else. So this is kind of cool. So we took our um, our hard kombucha base and then we barrel aged it in bourbon barrels and tequila barrels and gin barrels. Oh. And then we had it, you know, to the point where it got elevated to 12%, 13, 14% ABV and then would make cocktails with that. Oh, and that's really cool. Just yeah. here in the tap room or yeah. do you sell them? Okay. Here in the tap room, yeah. Would you ever sell so, canned cocktails? Yeah. Cool. Someday. <laughs> it takes time. Wink, wink. Everything, <laughs> everything in time. Um, but yeah, no, we're already, we are already, so we, we've already taken some of the um, recipes and some of the cocktails and booch tails that we've uh, played with here in the tap room and we, we have brought them. So this summer uh, that we'll start, we're going to do a variety pack of, that we call the citrus sessions. So it's all citrus inspired cocktail inspired kombuchas hard kombuchas so there will be like a black lime mojito in there and then a a grapefruit tangy paloma and so very much so we took that these flavors took those ideas um took the experience of being at the bar here at the tap room and mixing in fresh fruits uh just like you would at any bar or at home and and then brought it back and said, how can, we, how can we make this into something that's in a can that tastes amazing every single time you open it? Yeah. And then the one that you were asking about that uh, you're a fan of, so we have what we call kombucha bubbly, and it's, uh, it's a champagne. It's a champagne yeah. kombucha. And it's that we took our kombucha base and we barrel-aged it in Chardonnay barrels. And it's really fun. It's it, so good. I had it on New Year's, actually. Yeah, that's a good time to have it. That's why we made it for yeah. that experience. We re- released it in December um, for that experience. It was a limited release, and it was just super fun to be able to really go for it. Um, Sam, who's our uh, head brewer and one of the co-founders, he um, also is a winemaker. So which is part of our background. I told you that Bill was a winemaker. And so 
taking that knowledge of playing with the different yeast, playing with the Chardonnay barrels and the kombucha, um, and trying to create the driest, you know, most buttery kombucha experience is uh, was a really fun challenge, and and it's continued to evolve. And um, so, yeah, we were just talking today about doing uh, bubbly here and doing bubbly mimosas and, and brunches yes. here. Ooh, so we're gonna start doing back. that. Yeah, we're gonna start doing that. <laughs> cool. And we're gonna get it on tap. So. So if you guys are in LA or you're visiting, you have to come visit their tap room. Yeah. So at the tap room is get so again like you really a place. So we even experiment here with even non-alk. So to talk about you know our sober curious friends or just when you just want to try other types of ferments and yeah. um, so we make shrubs and we make them here and cool. yeah that's kind of like there's nothing we won't you know experiment with we make we brew beer here as well but those beers we brew uh also have unique elements to them like we made a chocolate reishi stout so chocolate stouts are popular in the beer world but we did our thing to it with bringing reishi mushrooms to it and as most people who who again shop that kind of world or like yep. shop for adoptions have probably had a chocolate reishi something or other at some point i have a chocolate reishi little like chocolate hot chocolate mix that i drink at night before bed yeah so <laughs> it's great imagine it's really that as a beer <laughs> i mean i am down i'm in um, <laughs> sign me up and then i think the last thing that like just because the t- of the tap room again like and thinking about it from you know again the combination of a bartender meets a chef and when you come at it from that perspective, you quickly get into the bitters and into the botanicals. And so that's another place that we're playing with from an innovation is, oh, cool. you know, where do the bitters and the botanicals, how do they play together like in a seltzer? So all the seltzers that are out there um, are very fruit forward, right? very fruity, including ours. Um, but we mix, you know, spice in it or some unique um, flowers or botanicals. Now there's starting to be some teas and you know, punches and lemonades and things, but like, what about getting away from the, the sugar profile and getting into something a little bit more um, bitters and aperitif style? So yeah. that's some place that we're definitely Ooh, looking to play that. with. Yeah. So I'm really curious about your sustainability practices. I read recently that you guys recapture CO2 from your own fermentation. Yes. I want to hear all about that because that is amazing. Yeah, that is super exciting. So for me, that I'm so excited by by this because my background also is in sustainability. Um, I went to Berkeley and studied environmental studies, and just it's been very important to me my whole life. Um, so the the opportunity came to um, figure out how to how to do this practice of recapturing our own CO2 that comes off of our ferment and then reusing it in and use because we use co2 to make more bubbles yeah and um and rather than purchasing co2 you know on the market we're actually using our own co2 that comes off of our own ferment in, and putting it back into the product itself and it actually makes it taste better i bet yeah it, the product has become even more i don't know if it's smoother or just more whole, I mean, it makes sense like logically, yeah. but it actually tastes better. Um, well, because what is uh, where do you get CO two from if you're not getting it off fermentation? You, you buy it in canisters, and but what does it come? It what is it made from out of? From other like, isn't it from like other industrial chemical like, industrial like other companies sell their off put okay. of CO two. Yeah. Um, so yeah, CO two is a is a huge market for it. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of bubbles out there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we all now. we all drink a lot of bubbles with, with the explosion of kombucha and hard seltzers too. Yeah, here. And, and bubbly water in Into general, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, think about it. There's a lot of bubbles out there, and yeah. I mean, that's a positive thing. We all like bubbles. I think I just saw like some some <laughs> something on a wall recently and said something about like, you know. Nobody ever seems angry about bubbles or something like that. But, like, actually, you know, when you start thinking about the CO2 and what it takes to make all those bubbles, you could get kind of angry about bubbles. Yeah. But, I mean, really, right? Yes. You know, like, they're always, they seem so happy. But, (laughs) 
<laughs> but actually, you know, it, there's a, there's environmental uh, effects of, of of the bubble trade. <laughs> So, of so, our bubble addiction. Yeah, of our bubble addiction. I mean, I love bubbly water. Um, I love my bubbles. And so, yeah, we're so happy uh, to be the first um, and only hard kombucha to be uh, using our, your, our own CO2 and recapturing our own CO2 That's and really putting cool. it into our product. Yeah, so yeah. we're pretty proud of that. Uh, um, we have other, obviously, other strong sustainability practices we don't make a big deal out of them, like just being organic and being so yeah. dedicated to always being or- organic. Um, kind of feel like if we're gonna be in this realm of better for you, I mean, everybody should be working towards sustainability practices, period, no matter what industry you're in. Yeah. It's, but to us, it's like, it's like a baseline. It's, we call them table stakes. Like that's, you should, you should be doing everything you possibly can as a company, as a person Agreed. to be as, in, ecologically aware as you possibly can. So um, yeah. we haven't that we have other, we have other things we like to talk about when it comes to purpose. Um, but the eco side of it is kind of just like, yes, we're organic. Yes, we recapture our CO2 and use it. Um, yes, we think about every every detail and any time we can make a choice and there's opportunities. Um, you know, we used to have the plastic tops called Pactex on the top, and now we have this recycled cardboard. How did you get your name? Yeah, so um, so we didn't have a name. Well, we had a company. Our company's name is a lot of what we've been talking about today, which is Fermented Sciences. That's mm-hmm. actually the name of the company. Um, but we didn't have a name for the brand. And then about uh, a year into it, is when at the time the largest California wildfire broke out in Ventura and mm. into Ojai where we're from. Yeah. And all, we were doing all of our R&D, all of our innovation, all of our early figuring out what is this beverage we were bringing to the world, um, where the mother was, as you called it. <laughs> and it was up on uh, Bill's property in Ojai. Mm. And the fire was surrounding it was called the thomas fire and it was surrounding it was december 2017 it was surrounding the property and um bill and uh, a crew of uh, early early team and friends stayed behind the evacuation lines to protect everything that we've been working on and Mm -hmm. um and for three days and nights stay there and did so it's a it can be a very a very long story, uh, but basically stay behind and, and, and to protect it. And on the third night where the fires were right 100 foot flames, you know, right on the edge of the property line, um, the, the, the one thing of the positive, the, the positive in it was, you know, we realized that the name that we had, naming a alcohol brand is really hard, actually. That's why you end up with like 42nd Street Brewing <laughs> and like, you know, barrels, da, da, da. So... Um, realized that the name must be in the fire and Bill looked up in the air and the only thing you could see were flying embers. And, wow. um, and, but really it was like the incredible power of like something so fleeting, yeah. like a single ember, right. Can just like land and it can and ignite. ignite and it can yeah. create this huge transformation. And that could be really negative right or it could be super positive when you take it into a personal level like that we all have these opportunities to um to change every day and you know every one of our bottles could be like that kind of thing or any of this conversation for somebody um so any the name came from that moment um seeing that and naming it flying embers didn't even matter you know thinking through all the complexities of having a name with two words and multiple syllables, but um, what we went for for Flying Embers. But really at that moment also, there was a deep awe for the firefighters and the first responders. And that's actually the thing that we talk about when it comes to purpose, more so than even our sustainability. Uh, the sustainability is like, yes, that's a, that's a must. Yeah. Um, but something that we do is we decided to give a uh, percent of all of our revenue to first responders and firefighters. Um, and in California, that's awesome. pretty um, top of mind. 
Yeah. Uh, but we started realizing that, like, actually from natural disasters, often from environmentally caused, right, yeah. in these changing times, uh, that uh, all over the country and the world, there's different types of disasters. And the, these first responders, like, they show up. They're real people in real time who show up, and often they don't get really the, the thanks that they deserve to just show up when we need them most, and then yeah. they're gone. And so we've been uh, really fortunate to be able to write checks based on just directly people who are supporting Flying Embers and us writing and helping them. So we, we've helped out firefighters up in Talon, Oregon, and in Northern California, some of the fires. Unfortunately, these things keep happening since that one day in December of 2017. Yeah. So just recently in Texas with the freeze, we went down there and we were able to feed over 1,000 families in Austin. Wow, and so it's something that we have been doing and continue to do. And yeah. um, so it's another way just to feel connected and to help out people. So That's so cool. That's, that's Flying that's... Embers. That's actually, you know, where that name comes from. Yeah. Right. Oh, I love that story so yeah. much. Thank yeah. you for sharing that. That was yeah. really, it's really powerful. Yeah. It's cool to know where the name came from. I actually have a really good friend um, who lives in Ohio and he was also oh. there during the Thomas, yeah. uh, it was called the Thomas, Thomas Fires, Fires, right? Yeah. 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 We probably know them. You probably know him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Peter Deneen. He's also very involved in environmental oh, everything. Cool. Yeah. I'm sure some of the people on the team, I'm sure they're friends. Yeah, they yeah. probably know him. He's yeah. one of those people that knows literally everyone. So Yeah, it's a great it's a great community and um Ojai is super beautiful. And we brew in Ventura, which is straight down the hill at the beach there, and then um and then we have our tap room and our brewery here in the Arts District in LA. So I like to think of it like this triangle between Ojai and Ventura and the Arts District in LA. Um even though we're now distributed all over the country too and we're yeah. opening a tap room in boston so nice. we're kind of putting roots down everywhere and trying to show up locally and tap into community and help out and um give the people their <laughs> their beverages yes they're better for you the recreational beverages, beverages. yes <laughs> um, so they can celebrate and not have to worry about the health consequences to a certain extent yeah i mean the sugar thing that you talked about i mean i think that's that yeah. is one of those like day after things too. Like the times that I find when I have a hangover is when I have cheap wine, mm. um, you know, cheap liquor, or if I mix super everything. cocktails. Yep, exactly. Sugar bombs. But when I drink things like flying embers, biodynamic wine, anything yeah. that has really low sugar, I don't ever really have to worry about a hangover. Yeah, it really is all about the sugar. Yeah, yeah. and I've noticed too. I get a different kind of cleaner buzz, if you yeah. will, from these yeah. healthier drinks yeah we call it a botanical buzz yeah we love to call it a botanical buzz and i really do I, I, we hear it from others so it's not just me saying it um but i i do also get to experience it like it is a different kind of buzz it is it really yeah. is um i think the combination people are like well what is it like what what how did why is it different and one i mean first of all it is a unique beverage uh, kombucha. It is this, again, art and science, right? It is this unique combination. And what are those bacteria and yeast and how do they do their th ferment? Yeah. Um, and what are those unique acids that come off of it? So that's a unique type of alcohol in and of itself. Yeah. I mean, we all well, know if you have a beer, if you have a tequila, if you have um, a different type of drink like they wine they they do have unique experiences to them so why would this not right so yeah. so this is a unique experience but then we actually go ahead so most or um, all the hard kombucha companies they have they tea the scoby and sugar honey and that's pretty much how they make then they use some fruit juice or whatever they might use to then flavor um but when we ferment we actually don't just have the tea ferment. We actually ferment them with roots. So we mm. also have, bring in ginger and turmeric and different adaptogens and actually ferment them into the alcohol itself. So right there is already makes flying embers a completely different type of brew, different type of alcohol. So yes, you will have a different type of feeling from it as well. Um, and I think a, the tea also, a little bit of caffeine that there is in it, that's another element that probably gives it a little bit of a different experience. So the combination yeah. of the botanicals, the adaptogens, the bacteria, the yeast, you know, the tea, that whole combination definitely creates this botanical buzz that has this almost like lifted type of, 
you know, feeling. Bias, feeling, yeah. Yeah, well, and when someone takes the time to source ingredients that are of really high quality, there's organic, that. there's an added element of that as well, you know, because you're not getting the pesticides, you're not getting all the chemicals in there from the right. conventional farming. So then there's, so there's the what you're not getting, so maybe you haven't had an experience of having something so clean. Exactly. You know, yep. and um, there's also another element too if you start thinking about what you're putting in your body and you actually read the label or yeah. you read the story about the fire or you read about the CO2 recapture or you read about um, just all the intention that got put into making the beverage. There's this whole other element too that you just feel good about what you're doing. So yeah. we, we, we call that high vibration. Yeah. So we have this whole thing, like a high vibration experience. It's not just like, oh, that's a cool, like, wow, cool, high vibration. It's more like, no, it's all the parts yeah. that go into it from the actual beverage to the intention that's put into it to the ingredients to what's not in it too, the no sugar, no carbs, and no chemicals. So that all kind of sums together into some Absolutely. high vibration experience. I love that. I have a friend yeah. that talks about that all the time when he's talking about his food and the beverages and everything he, he consumes. He's always looking for high, high vibrational foods, yeah. which means foods that are going to um, lift his vibration and foods that... You know, if you're eating meat, that requires them to come from regenerative farms or organic farms where they're using um, good, healthy practices and they're actually taking care of the animals. And then when we're talking about flying embers, the botanicals, and like I was saying, everything coming from organic farms and sourced high-quality ingredients. Yeah. Oh, when you go out to eat, I mean, we always say, like, how do you feel, you know, afterwards? Yeah. And it really is a different feeling. You, you know, you're like, it might be the most famous restaurant or whatever it might be someone recommended and you go and you just don't feel great after you ate yeah. you know and there's other places you go and you're just like i feel so good yeah and that's uh that's that's what, you, a, that's, exactly. that's what you're shooting for well we forget everything has energy yeah you know so it's cool well i covered everything that i wanted to ask you is there anything else you want to cover about flying embers before we go uh always live never pasteurized tar kombucha Love it. Because you asked about living drinks. And so, yeah, yeah so that's a commitment. Our hard kombuchas are always live, never pasteurized. Um, it also rhymes. So that's a bonus. Yeah. <laughs> um, Easy to remember. Yeah. And, um, you know, I mean, I thought it'd be fun to get into the whole our whole music world, but maybe that could be a part two because, you know, living life in balance on the road and how can musicians do it. And, I mean, for yeah. all those musicians who are out there, all the people who are going out and things are starting to open up again and it's pretty awesome. I think it's going to be one of the biggest summers, definitely the biggest fall like that's ever happened. Yeah. Um, you know, people are going to go out and still want to celebrate and, yeah. you know, and there, there are ways now to be able to celebrate and, um, and have a good time and do it in balance, you know, and, yeah. and with flying embers and some of the other, you know, companies that are like us is, is a great choice. Uh, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, and if you want to drink alcohol that is not going to make you feel like crap the next day, I said it. Reach for flying embers. It's the best. You're hired. <laughs> um, I want to ask you a question that I ask everyone that comes okay. on the podcast. What are your personal health non-negotiables? So that means no matter how busy your day is, what are the things that you make sure that you prioritize that contribute to your overall daily health and wellness? That could be meditations. That could be an exercise you do every day, whatever yeah. it is. I mean, so again, that's now, right? If you have asked me this every year for the last, whatever, 30 years, I would probably give you a different answer. Um, yeah, it's all, we're always yeah. evolving. So I drink a glass of water first before I do anything else, uh, as far as anything else in my body. Mm -hmm. um, and I try to go to sleep around the same time and get That's a good a night's one. sleep. And that, those are probably the two non-negotiables. I mean, it's, I can't say non-negotiable because it's not that I don't stay up late or, you know, have to come to the tap room and stay up even later on every once in a while or I have to go do something. But I'd say that's been a, an evolution for me, especially after having been like touring musician lifestyle or festival lifestyle or just driving, driving, driving entrepreneur lifestyle. Yeah. Um, all of those tend to be not necessarily easy to keep healthy and alive. Um, but yeah, so get a, 
if you can keep rhythm for me right now, keeping rhythm of a of going to bed around the same time, waking up early at the same time, that sleep cycle and then the water, those are the two for me these days. That's awesome. Those are really big ones. So it's good. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming yeah. on today. Please yeah. tell our listeners where they can find you. Okay. So Flying Embers is and we're currently available in 40 states uh, around the country. So if you go to flyingembers.com, there's a store finder and that can help you find it. Uh, in today's world now, there's so many great ways that they deliver, um, be it from you know the Drizzlies of the world or the Instacarts. Um, they can get it to you pretty quickly. And then we also have our, into select states, we also have our own direct-to-consumer website that we are able to share some of our unique innovations. Um, so there's, there's that. And then for sure, please come visit us uh, in LA, uh, eventually in Ventura and Santa Barbara. We have a tap room as well and awesome. soon in Boston. So Yay, that's how awesome. you can get flying embers. Thanks so much for today. Yeah. This was great. Yeah, it was really a pleasure. Good times. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Real Foodology Podcast. If you liked this episode, please leave a review in your podcast app to let me know. This is a resident media production produced by Drake Peterson and edited by Chris McCone. The theme song is called Heaven by the amazing singer Georgie, spelled with a J. Love you guys so much. See you next week. Bye.